And if you don't know, now you know. Welcome to the Now You Know podcast. I am your host, Anthony Carvello. And it's the C-L-E-M. You're, you're Still ready, not going to finish nah, it, there. Eh? Okay. There. Yeah, it's <laughs> Chuck Fett, a.k.a. Charlie Fetta. And today we have two Winnipeg's finest, Rob Crooks and Bazooka Joe in the building with us. How are you gentlemen? Greetings. What's up? What's going on? We're here today to talk about your brand new record, Shot. I, I'm terrible at pronouncing this. It's okay. Schadenfreude? Every, every week, when I told my dad what the album was called, he was like, are you just trying to not make money? Like... <laughs> <laughs> He was cause he was under the impression I was still John Smith. He's like, you got an ungoogleable name, you know, call the fucking record Schadenfreude, some German word. Uh, Schadenfreude is the is, is the album. It's a German word uh, that means to enjoy watching someone fail. To put that into pop culture perspective, it's basically Nelson from Springfield or from uh, Simpsons. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like it's I, the that fire. Shot. I identify it's with Nelson. It's yeah. how you felt watching the Firefest shit. Yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's, I wouldn't call it fraud. <laughs> <laughs> call it shot and fraud. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> there we go. There you go. There you go. That's bringing, it, bringing it all back. There you go. Uh, now uh, let's start at the beginning for you guys. Uh, for, for you, Bazooka Joe, growing up, I guess in Churchill. Are you born and raised in Churchill. Born on the West Coast, but but Churchill is all I all I know, all I okay. remember. So, okay, yeah. so you you basically grew up there. Uh, and uh, h- tell us a little bit about for your family. You have some siblings growing up. Yeah, I got I got three brothers. Uh, tons of family up there. It's like a town of a thousand people, so everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, to to cut to it, it's my older brother started a b-boy group in like '86, '87, and they were called the Icebreakers. Okay. And they and they were from Churchill. And they're from Sick Churchill. Name. Yeah, six dudes Sick from name. Churchill. Sick man. Oh man, you should see the gear. It was silver and black. It was Damn. dope. Uh, <laughs> Bring it back. Always been fly, the Campari brothers. Yeah, right? yeah. But uh, so the older brother, he, they like toured across northern Manitoba. They were playing like reses and, and like small towns and doing workshops. And, uh, and then the tourist season would start and they'd be like b-boying in the, in the town like complex and like tourists would be throwing money at them and shit. Damn. And then like eight-year-old me would get out there, pop a little bit, do the worm, you know? Like, hey. uh, so that was like my introduction to it. And then... How did they find b-boying? Like how does it hit them all the way up in Churchill? I, I think like anyone else, you know, like you get, a, you get that breaking book with the moves in it. And, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, you get breaking on the Betamax and just... Just go, go just to follow, town, right? follow yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So then, growing up, uh, the three brothers, you're in the middle. Yeah, in yeah, the middle, yeah. of the middle three. child. And then is your yeah, my youngest child brother is Cole? my youngest brother is Lonnie C. If, if anybody knows who Lonnie C. is, we're gonna have Lonnie up here too. Yeah, so uh, tell story. so he's the youngest. Yeah, perfect. And then, so growing up, is your older brother kind of where you're finding music for for the most part? Yeah, I, I mean. He was the cool older brother, right? So even even not just rap, right? Like metal, da 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 da. He always had good taste in like music and gear, and uh, yeah, he's kind of just kind of like a cool, cool older brother. Put you onto the cool shit, right? Yeah, of course. And then family-wise, like, is there a lot of family? Is there a lot of music in the in the household? Like growing up, your parents' music. I mean, all? as much as anyone else, but no like players or nothing like that. No, you know, like up north, you know, everybody plays like the spoons or the harmonica or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, you know. But that's that's but kind of that's the players some, around yeah, town. That, that's <laughs> can you, can that's you bust else? out the acoustic around the old fire or what? No, no, no. I got no. I got none of that. No spoon skills. <laughs> no, no. 
No, <laughs> no. I, well, I could play the spoons. I mean, <laughs> come on, come it's, on. Uh, now. Let's not sell them too short. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a rite of passage up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You must pay the spoons. Pass the spoon down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then, uh, so how do you find uh, hip hop uh, through breaking? Obviously, yeah, and and it's and then it's like it's the kind of the same way everyone else of our generation, right? Like it, it was like Fresh Prince, Boys in the Hood, much uh, Rhapsody on much music, mm-hmm. you know that kind of shit. Um, and yeah, it was just a thing that I was, that I knew So are you that rapping, I wanted to be into. Are you, are you, know? you rapping when you're in, uh, Churchill? Yeah. I started writing songs and freestyling when I was 11. Okay. And so Damn. we had like a little posse. We like do our like dances, like new Jack Swin style dancing and rap and shit like that. But, but when we came to the city, I think I was 13 or 14. That like when I that was my mandate it was like all right find out who the rappers are find mm-hmm. out where the shows are start hitting that shit up. So know? who are you finding when you get to the city at at you know that age? So the first the first show in Winnipeg was uh, from the very it was the very first Rascals tour. Oh, so this okay. is Rascals yeah. before cash like before Cash Crop before like Cash, cash crop before tour. Cash Crop. Before, so Cash Crop was the second album I believe. First album. Uh, was the one uh, really living was the sing the single, and it really had that West Coast kind of hieroglyphics kind of aesthetic or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So they played uh, in a place called Venue Eight, and that was a venue that was above a place called the Macaroni Bar, which was above another place called Mother Tucker's, which is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you making this shit up now? No, You're fucking yeah, me? Yeah, 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 Mother exactly. Tuckers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, no, it's it's actually a Masonic temple. It's the it's the Masonic temple across from Giant Tiger. Oh, you're oh, like right here downtown. LA. Shit. So at okay. the very top of that building was this weird little theater space, okay. and it was Rascals. And opening for Rascals was this dude named Bafro, who I remember to this day because he was like, he had that like kind of dance hall style. He was wearing like a straight up yellow rain slicker with like the pants, you know what I mean, <laughs> and like Timbo's. <laughs> yeah. And so. He he played. Um, that was one of Mood Ruff's first shows. Okay. Oh, um, wow. And that was one of the first times that my mentor, uh, Rod Roddy Rod, aka McEnroe, mm-hmm. from Peanuts and Corn, hooked up with the Mood Ruff dudes. Okay. So that's when they started getting together. Yeah. Around that time, and that's how you you're friends with with Roddy and. Well, I didn't know nobody. You didn't I, even know. No, him, no, oh, I was like 16. Okay. Oh, that was okay. my. I just went for it. You know. Okay. Like, gotcha. 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 So that was my first exposure to like. To local shit or whatever. Yeah. Rascals, by the way, uh, played for a grand total of 15 minutes, and they played really living twice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to give you an idea, yeah. that that really sets up rap mm-hmm. shows for the future. You know, yeah, like right, when right. when you're like there to see someone and they play for 10 minutes, and you know, basically tell you to like, all right, get the fuck, fuck on. <laughs> I got you 20 dollars. <laughs> yeah, peace. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a. Setting the tone for a lifetime of sketchy Winnipeg jams. It's not hip hop, but AFI did that at uh, Le Rendezvous. Went to go see them, and they were like the headliners of like I don't know, fucking Snow Jam or something. Oh yeah. And Le Rendezvous used to have like that um, upstairs. You could like see into like the green room or whatever at the window. Right. They did like fifteen minutes. Went back, went up there, and started like partying in the fucking like. You can actually see, see them. See yeah. You. Like, where <laughs> they were scheduled for like an hour or something. It was yeah. like people were yeah. pissed. <laughs> Fuck. There you go. So then, from from that show, um, are you do you have your own setup at home trying to record? You're still writing, obviously, at that time. Yeah. No, no. I, so so that's like the start of checking out shows, and then shows kind of expands to like. 
because hip hop wasn't really in the clubs, like, um, you, you know, you're still kind of in the era of like kind of hair metal and petering out and kind of grunge. Mm-hmm. So there's no like live bars to go see like rap shows. So they would have, they would put them as socials. Oh, okay. So you would go to like the ballroom of the Delta hotel <laughs> and it would, it would be like for someone's soccer team, but really it was just an excuse to have a to big throw a rap. rap show. And there'd be 300, it'd be in a ballroom of a hotel security all weirded out uh, because it's like 300 black Filipino you know, kids from the West End, the and North like, this End. This is a soccer and, fundraiser? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> like it was just wild, right? They didn't know what, what yeah, was, yeah. they thought it was a social, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's the same thing that Shades was talking about when they were like, our uncles and stuff were DJs at these things and they would just bring us on and be like, yo, yeah, hit the mic, you can rap, you know what I mean? And they'd be rocking at these parties underage or whatever and then the, the their uncles or whatever take them into the clubs when they're DJing the clubs. Yeah. So, same kind of like era where it's like it's it's not really there's no infrastructure really for it. No, no, it's you just, just get in where you can. Like there was a few spots. There was like Club Lambada, which doesn't sound like it should be a hip hop club. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Wellington's just down the street from here mm-hmm. was mostly. Abby most, always talks about Wellington. Yeah, it was you know mostly like kind of like you know alternative kind of stuff, right? Like they'd have the black and blue ball there, like fetish kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weekend, and then, wow. And then the next weekend would be a huge dance hall jam. You know, like. So yeah. it was just get in where you can and, um, you know, you were just trying to find out kind of through high school or whatever, where the jam was at. And where the next party was the at. Jam, yeah. yeah. So then in those shows, like, are you trying to catch the mic? If the mic's getting passed around, you're trying to hop on and you're not quite there yet. No, that, I was, I was like 16, 17, a young 16, 17, like, yeah. and there was dudes were good, you know, like yeah. hopping on the mics. Um, so yeah, so that wasn't even really a thing. The first time I really jumped on in front of a large crowd, I had to battle Ismala from Freak Show. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah. And that's your first <laughs> that's like battle. First, time. first real like exposure in Winnipeg. Talk about oh, baptizing shit. by fire. Yeah, so so the deal was was it was called Big Mike or Iron Mike. It was at the West End Cultural Center. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't know who I was, they were like, Okay, we'll throw the weird guy to to his mala in the first round because at oh here's something <laughs> here's something else at the time for there was a period for like two years where i dressed like a senior citizen so just like <laughs> like slacks and white leather shoes just and like, and sl- like throws that in yeah. like oh i should say oh yeah, yeah by the why way why you say that so calmly <laughs> like it's this story mad regular this. yeah and i had like a black station wagon and you like were this, living the part this is before like fucking pickup artist ruined fedora hats you know like this is this is 97 you know this they is they stole your whole fucking jam yeah. yeah so anyway so yeah so i was i looked weird they didn't know what they were gonna get and and they wanted the battle to progress you know round by round by yeah, round get better so, and better and they're yeah. like okay well this their guy assumption looks... was like get rid of this they're like let's get yeah. rid of them yeah so who was running this battle it, it spoof Marty oh, fr- from Freak Show, yeah, yeah, but not. That's not to say that it wasn't fair. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, no, no, it makes any, sense. Anyone in organizing would do the same yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You're not known to them really at all. You're yeah, just, you're just a kid that signed yeah, up. Yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta earn your way up here, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, so they give you a minute, and it wasn't like freestyle battle format because there wasn't enough people really freestyling for that to be viable. Okay. So it was like bring in your own beat. And you get one minute. You just go in for a minute or whatever. So yeah. you kind of had these little mini songs prepared. Almost like a routine, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. a showcase kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so they made me go first. And I have a videotape of it. Like my homeboys taped me from the audience. And they're like, okay, first. They're like, 
John Smith, right? And I got like this, like this blue fedora and a polyester shirt and like white white velcro shoes on white velcro and there's shoes. like yeah and there's like a woman like so close to the mic that it's like distorting and you and you just hear her go you won his mala <laughs> before, before i even started you're like first of all fuck you yeah, yeah. but any but i did my minute and and this is a this is like a theme of 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 battling like if you're the if you're if you don't look like you fit the part, then you, you're underestimated. So you get a bigger pop, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I killed my minute because I was really fucking prepared for it. And it was just like, holy fuck, right? Yeah. And then Mala goes and obviously he's amazing because he's the man, right? Mm -hmm. Like he is the dude. Like no one, no one was fucking with him. Maybe Gumball, who was crew with him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so he did his thing and... uh and so they did the honorable thing. They gave him a 40 and they gave me a 39. So they gave Ooh, him a perfect yeah. score and they gave me one less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But that's actually kind of like... That's the game. That's, yeah, no, that's, I was... I took that. Yeah, I felt good about yeah. that, you know? Uh, speaking on battle rap... So wait, 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 that's bit. your first time on stage? That's my first time on stage, like, in front of a rap crowd. Like, I I hopped on mics if I could find a microphone. Yeah, like, yeah, Like, just yeah. any sort of amplification, you know, like, yeah. I would jump yeah. on it, but... In front of a rap crowd rapping, that that was it. So after that moment, do you make do you make friends based off that? Because you were the you're the kid that just showed up and surprised everybody. Yeah. And now our cats coming to you and you're like, who the fuck are you? Like, well, yeah. By this point, I I had kind of linked up with the Farm Fresh dudes. Okay. Gave, I gave McEnroe tape. He wasn't really fucking with it, but he kind of like agreed that I was kind of clueless. Maybe I was like, you know. Like a feral fucking cat or something. <laughs> <laughs> just like picking orange peels off me and like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Like, we'll clean you up. Yeah, we can if, do something. If I leave you out here, you'll die. You know, like. <laughs> and is that how the break bread crew starts then? Based off of that, picking off the oranges off off your yeah. back. <laughs> well, yeah. No, they had their posse. The Farm Fresh was pretty established as like the movers and shakers in town. It was like Farm Fresh, Mood Rough, Freak Show, mm -hmm. um, and then. I don't know, mood rough, right? Like, did, yeah. I don't know if I said mood rough, but yeah, those like, are the three those, actually those moving. The, around yeah, those time. were the dudes, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, shades, right? And shades, yeah, yeah around that time. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. leave anybody out, but no, of course. But yeah, so you know, I had kind of linked up with them, but Farm Fresh was in the process of maybe breaking up and going on to be splitting apart to be which uh, Roddy would go solo and become McEnroe, Pippi Skid would go his way and joined Gruff in a group called Fermented Reptile. Joe mm -hmm. often talks yeah. about him. Yeah, I fucking I went to <laughs> the show. Were you man. The, the the consequence of Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, they brought you on <laughs> and then broke you home. Yeah. <laughs> they brought you yeah. on then broke you broke up. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, let's say like uh Killer Mike era or Outcast whole world world era Killer okay, Mike. So you're <laughs> take that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I see. That's I a, be see a better comparison. Yeah. I see. Yeah, like he, got a, he got a Grammy for that one. I don't think Consequence got a Grammy with <laughs> no, Tribe Called no, Quest. No, no, no. Uh, okay, so that does so is that when Break Bread forms or what? What's happening it's, around that? In the that in time? the in the years following, it's like we all put out solo records and records as part of a group under the Peanuts and Corn label. Yeah. And Break Bread as the crew after as that. the crew yeah. after that. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm trying to build the timeline a little bit of like sure. me looking back. Like that's all stuff I've found kind of looking <coughs> back and like. Yeah, trying to build timelines based on that, right? Um, and then, uh, so battle rap. Are you still battling around that time as well while you're recording? Yeah, yeah. Like in the early days, 
I started my my first record proper comes out 2000, an album with a group called Park Like Setting. Okay, that's yeah, me, Mac and Rowan, yes, Honeycut, yes. and then okay. my first solo album, Blunderbuss, comes out in 2001. Yeah, and around this time, Battling is on, like full on, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I was, you know, battle, 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 and then I think. I think around the time I put out Pinky's Laundromat, which is like 2003, yeah. I started telling people I'm retired from <laughs> battle rapping now because okay. there was no upside t- anymore. Yeah, there's you know yeah. what it is, right? Yeah. Like there's just if an underdog coming at you when you have any sort of perceived status, right? Like you're not in an advantageous position, yeah, right? Yeah, no, yeah. they have everything to gain. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and is that how you guys meet? Like Rob Crooks and you through battle rap? Because you were a battle rapper at that time too, right? I battled both these guys. Yeah, Optimus yeah, Rhyme, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, I think Joe and I battled a few times. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how we met, but it would have been around that or... Uh, you know, just playing early shows that were put on by like co-op, and I remember Joe being there. But okay. Yeah, we definitely battled a couple times back then for sure. Yeah, yeah. Under under the uh, the pseudonym Op, uh, Optimus Rhyme, I guess. Optimus or Rhyme you, was you had was a couple earlier names. Than that. that was, <laughs> was earlier. Yeah, that was like high school. Uh, I think it was probably Grubs at that yeah. time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also another battle rap one. I I I've I learned that there was a pretty robust battle rap scene robust you had to yo when i was watching time. like i'm watching so i'm like 2003 is when i'm like the fan at the shows yeah like do you know what i mean and we see Pinter, pinky's laundromat and i'm with bubs in the north side so we're like oh bubs is in the video yeah uh so like but that was what it what what it took like there was like an entry level of like if you wanted to be taken serious and get uh opening acts and, da, 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 and like become friends and become in with the crew you had to like hold your own in that sense like it wasn't none of this fucking like if you couldn't rap live then it yeah was like, it was like fuck yourself yeah like you don't matter yeah there was none of this like you know comp- whole backing track vocal kind no. of shit no. like not at all there was a real like there was a real like there's a way to do this these are the channels to get to where you should be showcased like there's a lot of rules and like elitism and shit like that okay you know? but it's not like now Okay. Where, you know, motherfuckers just like never go to a show, never play a show, have like hundreds of thousands of YouTube views, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know who this is, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. That should. I mean, the internet's yeah. not really that pop. I mean, it's around, but it's not pop in the same way where like I can put something out and like you don't even know who I am and I'm in my bedroom making a song, yeah. right? Like you actually have to make friends, even if you want to record really at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you, you, you couldn't just hop on a, on a Mac and, and have a studio. Yeah. Where, was, where was the first place you remember like significantly spending any like, time recording? Good like, question. Ooh. Um, like the first time you were like, man, we've been here for like three days. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, that kind of... Well, it was all... We always... You know, we recorded uh, at Private Ear a little bit, which is a studio kind of, kind of around right, here. Yeah. Still yeah. around, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. So we did some at Private Ear, and that was like, this is a real, this is a real studio, right? Mm-hmm. But um, for me, what it was, the cool shit was, was I mean, when, when things kind of started rolling for us, McEnroe had already moved to Vancouver. Okay. So you would get flown out to Vancouver and live in Vancouver for two or three weeks and make and record the album out there. That's awesome. Oh, okay. So that was like when it... For 
for me, that's when it was like, all right, this is big this time feels shit. Real. Right? Feels yeah. big time. You know, I'm like, going out there to do this. Yeah, like. I'm getting off a plane, you know, like that feels that feels yeah, good. That, 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 feels that, good. that shit feels real. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. No Damn, that's straight and, Instagrammable. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the Instagrammable moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, 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 if Zuka Joe would have had Instagram, there you saw the the yeah. airplane wing. Yeah, <laughs> on yeah. his way to Vancouver. For real. Shoot that shit. Pink, pinky out. <laughs> <laughs> so, do, is that where you Fucking record Blunderbuss? Nine dollar Labatt Blue. Living, balling. Is that how you record your two solo albums by going out there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that yeah, that was the cool thing is we would we'd fly out there to record all the shit. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really dope. And I got lucky, like Scratch Bastard flew Pippi and I. We made that album with Scratch Bastard. Yeah. Like we got to go live in Halifax for six weeks while we recorded that. That th- like that's when it was like that's this wild. is real, right? Like, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. And so while that is all going on, uh you're kinda it feels like you're traveling Canada making moves. How, what's the feeling like at home? Like are you starting to, to gain ground and feel like you're an artist at home? I mean, yeah, I mean then you know, you start like getting uh, I always call it like, uh, like free drink, you know, Status. famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Like free drink, okay. famous. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Fed is like, know, yes, I'm still out here getting this free yeah. drink. Yeah. <laughs> Cash so, in. So that's free drink, famous like era. But I mean, the thing was was like there was never any dough in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I was always like hustling on the side. I caught a charge. You know, like it was like. Yeah, it was and like raps. It's, it's all in the raps. It's Canadian like, back when rappers were rappers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all in the rap. Like the raps you're talking about is talking about being broke and just trying to hustle and like yeah, the realest shit, right? Like yeah, and it's and it was a th- it was like it was kind of like a weird club that you were involved in to the point where it's like when you would meet people from another scene or whatever, it it was like we're on the same kind of footing here, right? And it's yeah. like and now we have this kind of tight knit community of people who are like who have kind of caught this weird fame uh but it's canadian fame you know what i mean like it's, it's not it's not paying a lot of bills you know like, yeah 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 it's like but you're not paying for a lot of drinks no no yeah that's exactly so you got it that's are a, those are the things that count right is like <laughs> skipping lineups and like you know like but that that was like but that's how it was before it was like yo uh DM me to get on the guest list it was like if you went to a show that was rammed or sold out or whatever and you were they were like yeah hey, yeah, you know what I mean, like it you wasn't to, like this online. I tried to buy social tickets from someone today, and they're like, "Buy them online." I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I was like, "I'm going to your social." Uh, Do no, you know who I am. Who's, who's I want to the buy them in the parking lot <laughs> at 10:30, like everyone else. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> like what the, the fuck? fuck is this? <laughs> I want to find it in my like, wallet and it, remember I have to go. Is it on Ticketmaster? <laughs> yeah. Ding ding ding! Oh, yeah. oh yeah. look at that. Yo, look at that. Steve Steve, Steve uh, just Nardwar entered the room Steve with Nardwar a little Nardwar. Nardwar. Uh Do you remember making I Ain't Lazy? <laughs> yeah. 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 Scratch Bastard Pips Kid John Smith. So, well, let's see what what the credits are on, these, on this guy here. 2005, Made in Canada. I like that. Produced by McEnroe for Penis and Corn. Well, that was, uh, there's a remix on there, I think. Unless you're looking at a different... There's, there's a McEnroe remix. There might be yeah. more. I'll yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. He's got a remix on the Scratch Bastard record there. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So you want to talk, talk to us a little bit about making this since we brought it out. Steve brought out the little Nardwar piece this, of... This was, was this the six weeks in Halifax? Yeah, yeah. yeah this okay. is this was pretty cool. You know, like Scratch... Ba- I just turned 40, right? I think Scratch Bastard might not even be 35 yet. Like, no I, shit. I think he might be under 35. Yeah, oh, it's wow. crazy. Shut up. Yeah. Damn. And like so driven and so accomplished. And, and like I was just 
man, like it was just like weed and VLTs and and, <laughs> and Gibsons, you know, like it was just it was uh, not a glamorous time. But uh, but yeah, Paul, like Scratch Bastard, he's he's always really had it together, and he like manages to like self fund bringing us out to Halifax to to live and record and like puts us up and we tour around and all that and then we go on to do a national tour with him afterwards which was like our my probably my only real national tour like coast, coast, coast. to coast right yeah, shit. and um that's a yeah. long road yeah but it was just crazy to be working with him and it's crazy to see where he's at now and like it's such a bonkers record man we got this dude on there his name's sleep He's from a crew called Old Dominion based out of uh, the Northwest U.S., who I believe is like the world record holder for fastest rap. Like oh, he's, no, he took shit. the speed rap title from, from, from that dude in Chicago. Oh. Not, no, there was a different guy from Chicago, not Twista. And yeah. uh, maybe Rebel XL, I think, might have been his name. The dude who beat Twista? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so Sleep like traveled with us, and he's on three or four of those jams, and we got all the Halifax dudes on there, and it was just like fun and cool. Like Halifax and Winnipeg always been connected because of the underground stuff. So it's like, you know, before Buck Sixty Five became as famous as he yeah. did, like we were, we were like corresponding all the way across, the, you know, like Canada with each other. In that time, like, how are you, how are you guys corresponding? Is it uh, email, e emails? But it's <laughs> but it's not like you know. I'm just saying like how do you even meet that make that connection yeah. you know what I mean that's, that's just so Canada I've always right? been like, there yeah. man there's yeah. a lot of like especially in the north side man tons of scotch like man like so many people from the east coast like just yeah it's just like it's weird like they one export of my good friends, people you yeah, know one like, of my, <laughs> yeah their biggest export is people that's yeah what they one of my say. best friends DK it's like his whole family is all like east coast like oh shit yeah yeah it's cool man but um what was I getting at you're making the record, but out yeah. here I'll, I'll take I'll take. Oh, yo, the oh, connections. Sorry, sorry. Uh, but the deal was was like um, campus radio, right? Like yeah, 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 music yeah. writers, like gotcha. Thomas Quinlan out of Exclaim would be the yeah. guy covering like all the kind of weird Canadian rap shit or the the indie Canadian rap shit. Like mm -hmm. even Swollen before you get to like Lady Venom or whatever, right? Like yeah, you know their their whole hustle was linking up with like the West Coast dudes like Dell. You know what I mean? Cat yep. like the hieroglyphics dudes, like casual and stuff like that. Like, yep. um, so it was like a real underground thing. Everybody was in communication. Even some of the like backpacking ass dudes in the U.S. You know, you talk to them and shit. People were jumping on each other's records. It was yep. just like a cool, creative time. You know? Yeah, perfect. And then uh, speaking a little bit about your raps and kind of looking back at your raps is like. To me, you were always one of the first guys, like really shouting out city, like shouting out places in Winnipeg. Yeah, you know what I mean. In the same way that, like, we we'd hear Nas sing about uh, Queensbridge and like blocks. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I shouting always out blocks. Yeah, I always like when 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 the Farm Fresh dudes took me under their wing. They didn't. They really didn't want to fuck with me. But my man Saint Louis, who was like a local dude who's kind of on the scene as a photographer at the time, but he's just an all around Hell great yeah. great Old dude. School. Yeah, knows music. Uh, has put in his time and um, you know he kind of like nudged McEnroe was like you know give him some guidance right like fuck with him mm -hmm. and McEnroe was like man this guy's New York accent he's from Churchill <laughs> like he is talking so much shit for someone who's not even technically able to do what he's trying to say he does yeah um, and so when I first took up with those dudes they gave me the talk like listen you're from Winnipeg we want you to be from Winnipeg we don't want you to 
pretend to be from somewhere else or, or like you're from Churchill. We want to hear about you being from Churchill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they had put me in that spot. Sorry, do me a favor. Where I lost the string there. Um, rapping about Winnipeg. Yes, you know sorry. Weed. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> rapping, about, rapping about Winnipeg. Um, so, you know, I always liked that I felt like I knew New York because I listened to a ton of New York rap, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then it's like, you know, same thing with LA and then later Atlanta. And you just like, the more you listen to, you more like you feel like, you know, Houston, yep. you know, Memphis. It's just like, boom, boom. You're learning. You're not just learning about places. Um, those rappers talk about it like it's the most important thing in the world because it is, it is. right? Yeah. And New York dudes did it because maybe you could make the argument that it was the middle of the world, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... I always felt like I'm going to talk about being from here because, you know, if not me, who, right? Like, yeah. we should be talking about it. And I, and I always disliked it. There was a lot of local dudes, like, on the come up that were just straight up, like, pretending they were from the West Coast. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was, yeah, yeah. There was Bone Thugs clones. Like, it was, <laughs> you know, like, it was just like... Like, if you were in the North End in the late 90s, you would have heard some Bone Thugs. Club. I want to do oh, Bone you know Thugs. We, 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 have a, we have a running joke about, like, the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Top 5. Yeah. And it's uh, Bone Thugs, Tupac, Biggie. Oh, yeah. What was the other two? Cypress Hill? Nah, Dr. No. Dre. Something and Winnipeg's Most. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I can't remember what that fourth is, but that's Winnipeg's Top 5. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? No like, and, and you still see the, the T-shirts all around in the stores. Yeah. Like, that's the shit that we really love for whatever reason, you know. Yeah, I mean? Maybe it's because exactly. Bone Thugs from the middle of nowhere too, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think you could probably see the same effects in other mid-sized cities all over North yeah. America, right? It's yeah, like I'm sure. You grab, you grab from other places. You gravitate right? towards those things. Yeah. yeah. But I was always, yeah, I always made a point of like, you know, I feel like I learned about other places through rap music. I'm, I'm gonna talk about where I'm from, you know. Yeah. No, that's that's very strong. And then, nope. so uh, how how do you and Rob Crooks end up linking up? Because in the same time, you're on the come up as well, making all types of yeah. Let's switch that mic switch, over there. Switch, there. switch your mic. Switch that microphone over there. You so know. you're battling in those same battles around that time under Grubs and Optimus Rhyme. Yeah. Uh, coming up through that same, I guess, system in a sense. Yeah, I mean, I was a couple years behind Joe, but yeah, like I looked up to Joe, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. Blunderbuss was like a huge record for me. I listened to that record front to back so many times. That's awesome. And that was, yeah, like Joe was someone I looked up to. Mm-hmm. And Joe started coming to my shows, and I remember him like standing by the speaker and really listening. And that, you know, that, that meant, means that, something. It really. does, yeah, 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 yeah. It really does. So that's one of those things where, like, we're talking about there's not a lot of mon- money passing, ha- passing hands, but you get that free drink or you get to get in. That's another form of currency that I think happens at rap shows is like, the OGs show up and they listen. You know what I mean? When you yeah, see yeah. when you see Ness came out to watch a show, you're just like, oh, bet. Yeah. Ness is here too. You know what I mean? He's posted yeah. in the back. Like, that means something, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And Ness is one of the dudes who, like, early on, he had the, the radio show on UMFM, and mm-hmm. he had me on there, like, super young, like 17, you know? And Always got his ear to the street, man. Yeah, shut up, Ness. Always got his ear to the street. So, uh, for you, h- how do you get into uh, music? Is it through producing first or through rapping first? Because I, I now associate you more as a producer, but that's yeah. maybe me looking back. You know what I mean? Well, I was uh, like, I was in punk bands when I was like 11, and then I started transitioning into like listening to rap when I was a teenager, and then I, you know, I started making beats just crudely in high school and you know, worked, so I saved some money up to buy a sampler, and I was rapping too, like I was putting out CDs, like CDRs back in the day and stuff like that. Oh shit, yeah, I feel like you've always been a DIY type dude. 
Yeah, know? yeah, for for better or worse, yeah. <laughs> for better for yeah, good 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 point. But like, does that come from the the punk background? You'd say because the yeah, punk I mean, all, all my friends around me like were just always you know I had a four track in high school and shit and sick. I would just you know make rap tapes on my four track and I think yeah like I didn't know a lot of dudes who rapped growing up you know so, so you had to figure out how to do it by yourself yeah and shit, I, right? I never i never really thought about it either it was just like i was driven to do it so i fucking figured out how to do it you know yeah but and then <laughs> sorry long inhale long inhale <laughs> yo what 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 was like what was the what was that battle at the zoo when uh when we all when like deep cave and us like went at it what was that what was that shit called it was like a it was like a monthly or it was something at the zoo. Yeah. I, we had someone on there the other day, and I was, it was Big Bear. When Big Bear, when we did Big Bear, I was like, what the fuck was it called? And he's like, fuck, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> like, was that when I was a judge? I think, yeah. And then was, I got so drunk that I just left. Before yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one. That was that was a bad one. Yeah. I remember <laughs> getting really messed up and being like, because it was disorganized and ugly vibes, right? Oh, like, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I just like did the Irish exit on that or the Irish goodbye where I oh, just like oh, just bounced. Down. Yeah, I didn't yeah. tell out nobody. That, out that know? back door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slid out. Taking it back to battle rap, I got another uh, Nardwar moment. Thanks, Steve, for the reminder. Uh, you ever battle a dude named uh, Dice Man? Oh, Dice Man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Steve oh, is yes. like low key just yes. Nardwar yes. through yes. the text message right now. <laughs> okay, so, okay, Dice Man, okay. So the same the same battle where I went against Ismala, mm-hmm. uh, like it was just open, open, Sign up. right? Like it was dangerous to leave it open because, like I said, there wasn't a lot of people technically good at rapping. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that drunk guy at the party was the it's drunk like, guy yeah. on stage, right? Yeah. And he's feeling himself that yeah. that might be my uncle Mark sometimes. You know? Yeah, exactly. You're like, I could rap. I, I bet you Dice Man was someone's uncle Mark. Like so Dice Man is like he looked like uh I don't know if you guys are old enough for this. Does anybody remember the nasty boys from WWF? Yes. yes. Okay, so we, <laughs> you're painting a very vivid yeah. picture right now. I think knobs. I think he looked like knobs. <laughs> Could have looked like Skaggs, but he might have looked like Knobs. But I, I think you, I think you get what I'm going for yeah. here. Yeah. Um, he was, yeah, he was so big and scary. He was definitely like, like, definitely a hard living dude. Like, definitely affiliated on some level uh, with who I don't know. But so he gets up there and and uh, they start the beat, and it's he's just kind of like rocking back and forth, like. He's vibing. Um, he, yeah, he's, he's like psyching himself up or whatever. Uh, and he's like, coming at ya like a Nazi. That's like his first fucking line. Wow. Like, first line. Everyone hard. is like, what the fuck, hard. man? And this is when black people still came to hip hop shows, okay? This is, before, <laughs> this is before they got really, really white. Yeah. Uh, and so the audience was just like, what the fuck Damn. is this, man? And... Uh, and yeah, the li- we, I had it on tape for years. I'm sure it's kicking around somewhere. Like, I guess that's something that probably should be on YouTube. Legend. Except yeah, I'm man. afraid of this person. I would never, <laughs> I, I would never want him to like to see that like we weren't feeling it, you know? Like, because even now he'll be like, "Yo, give me some tips, and we'll cry done," you know? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want him coming at you in 2019. <laughs> oh, <laughs> where, where was this? That was at West End, West End Cultural Center. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to interview Dice Man? 
You might have to dig Dice Man up. Thanks for that throwback. Thanks for that throwback. Yeah. Okay, so then uh, you're you're coming up uh, in the same scenes. Uh, how do you guys introduce? How do you introduce yourself if you see Joe as as one of the like the the dudes really doing it in the city? You see him at your show, kind of li really listening. Yeah. How do you take that step to maybe c converse and like end up collaborating now? Uh, I don't even. I don't even remember, man. I think we just over the years, or we became closer. We became friends, you know. And yeah. Um, I, we did we did a song on one of my records before, Ooh. before uh, we worked on our record together. So, yeah. but uh, fuck, I don't remember, man, how we became like close, just or through, how we became friends or anything. Just through the community and everybody kind of linking up. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, so you you end up rapping as John Smith for a while. And uh, the rebrand happens to Bazooka Joe. What what sparks that rebrand? Is it your dad telling you that John Smith is ungoogleable? Ungoogleable? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, I just felt like there, enough time had passed where um, there was there was some diehard you know people that that are dedicated to my shit. Right? There's mm -hmm. a, there's a few hundred people scattered all over the world. Yeah. When I put something out, they're gonna want to hear it. Yeah. And uh, and so that name holds cachet with those people but those people already follow me right like they know me through social media or whatever they're already engaged yeah like so a name change doesn't uh alienate them and it does i don't think there's people left over from that initial wave in the early 2000 aughts yeah where you know where they're like just you know oh there's no new john smith records after <laughs> 2013 or, or 12 or whatever it yeah. was you know what i mean yeah but um so yeah so like you know, I felt like a uh, a name change wouldn't hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and John Smith, like uh, when I took that name, most rappers were like, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, OG the motherfucking sledgehammer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and so when I when I went with John Smith, it was a refutation of that. It was like I am I'm not that right. Yeah. Um, it's also like my grandfather's name. Okay. Uh, and I got uncles named it. And so I learned like, I learned about like, like I remember my grandpa showing me in a phone book, like all the John Smith, you know, <laughs> like pages and pages of John Smith and being like, oh, that's like a cool thing. I always remembered that. Yeah. But it was, so, so it was like a protest almost picking that name or, or you know. It was like the anti-rap name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now everybody uses their legal name. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't have that bite. I wasn't losing anything. And, and I kind of like, you know, I was entering a different stage of making music. So I was just like, all right, I'm going to go with this name. I was always changing my name on the records anyways. Yeah. Like I called myself Sloppy Joe, yeah. Smitty, da na 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 yeah. So it, it, you know, it was very not that fluid big. at that point. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. that big a stretch. There's, and there's negative connotations with the name John Smith, you know, like, yeah. So it's like, fuck it. You know, if it's like, you if, know what it, year it is, man. You yeah. Know it's, you know, if, it's not going to be like, you know what I mean? It's like, you didn't take it for that, but you know that that argument can be made. That's and it's like, man, I'll shed this skin. It, exactly. It's it it doesn't benefit no. anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like if someone new were to approach my music and that on any level was like a red light, then it's like it might fuck up their enjoyment of it or or prevent them from even hearing it. Or right? listening so, it in a different light. Now, yeah. Right? So it's like, yeah. eh, I got no problem getting rid of that name. Getting rid of it. Rebranding yeah. as Bazooka Joe. Yeah. And then uh, so you guys come together, you make this record. Um, Yo, where, 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 like, where'd you make the record? Where, where'd you record it? Just yeah. the crib? Yeah, just like, yeah. Yeah, let's. Yeah, just my spot, basically. Yeah? Yeah. 
and uh, coming into that, so you have you have a following of your of your own. Like you've been out to Europe and doing all those things overseas. Yeah. And uh, you got like a whole house record that that's under or like dancey kind of record that's under your name as well. Yeah, uh, not house, but yeah. Yeah, not house, but yeah. more dance kind of record, right? Yeah, yeah, electronic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and on this one, you hear that a, lo- a bit more. Like it's, it's synthy in a sense, right? Like not yeah. standard hip hop beats, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and. So is that influence from going out to Europe at all, or? Uh, that's always been it. I think I'm just like uh, have a lot of anxiety, so I'm always like tapping my foot real quick, so the the beats just speed up, you know. And then, <laughs> yo, that was the realest shit. Yo, that's dope. Yeah, I think I that I came to that realization pretty like recently. That yeah, like I think it's just a reflection of my attitude when I'm yeah. making music. You know, I'm just jumpy and shit. You know. Yeah, and then you just capture that in the energy. Yeah, exactly. And and plus, you know, I'm like, all my beats come from samples, right? So I sample what I listen to. You know, back in the day, I used to just go buy dollar records and go through anything and just, you know, sample whatever. But it gets to the point where it's like, I have, you know, like a thousand records I'm never going to listen to. So I started paring my collection down to just what I listen to. And that's what I sampled. And um, I kind of like 80s kind of synth shit. So sampling that a lot you know perfect and then on this record uh not rapping so much there's a couple times where you rap a little bit but you're on the hooks uh on a couple times on this record yeah a couple times how is the creative process in you guys building is it like you guys incredible song like like yeah different kind of song cut down showed me some stuff that's like sitting there for no good damn reason just (laughs) sitting there just fucking we made it to make it you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just just to do it yeah so the the creative process with this is it you coming with like here here's a gang of beats pick them or are you guys making them together what does that look like in the studio for for this record yeah it's i gave him a bunch of beats he chose them he came and rapped over them and then i i built them up around that you know sent it to him see what he thought you know get feedback and that's basically the process. Okay, but, um, and uh, so in this record, you this one is not released uh, through Peanuts and Corn. This is Eat 'Em Up Records. So you can talk a little bit about uh, how that, that came right to across be? the street from uh, the West, West End, End. Culture Center, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the little like the little yeah the teeth, the teeth. teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Here. yeah. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Ackerman. Yeah, Brandon Jan and my Jan Quackenbush. Yeah, yeah. So Eat 'Em Up was like a label. Um, my relationship with them is kind of based out of friendships that I've formed around uh, a dude on the scene. His name, his name was Mar. Uh, sorry, Anthony Bueno. Okay. So Anthony Bueno was a local dude. He was like a wrestler, and he was like in punk groups, and he was just like a wild ass dude. Mm-hmm. And so him and I became pals because we worked at the same adult video shop way back in the day. <laughs> So, shout out. Shout out. <laughs> Hold up. There's shout a couple out. stories that we're going to have to revisit. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, 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 wait, wait. No, we're here. We're yeah, here. Yeah, okay. We're here okay. now. Yo, you're here right. now. We're here All now. Right. All right. All right. All right. Yo, we always do a top three. Top three weirdest, most disturbing. I don't give a fuck. The top three stories, memories. Okay. In your time working there. All right. All right. Right. This is the best top three ever. Okay. So, number three was one night I was working. And the phone rings, and it's uh, and it's like a giggly woman asking about how to get a membership. So you know, chat, chat, chat. Uh, and by the way, like this, 
these were independent stores. This wasn't like adults only or union. Like this was, it was some mom and pop, big mom and pop this, porn this, shop. This, <laughs> it was like other this, people would like yeah, to enjoy this. Yeah, it was like it was. It, this was old school. Like this was a smut shop. It was like Ooh. it was not Ooh, smut, smut shop. Like it was smut not. Shop. It was not a nice place to be. We weren't selling like. Fucking, How'd you get the job? We weren't selling. We weren't selling like candy, underwear, and shit. Right? It was like tapes, magazines. Get the fuck out. No eye contact. We're not here to chit chat. I know what you're about to go do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How did you get the job? Uh, I I wasn't even 18 when I started there. I was wow. I was like I was sitting at home. My homeboy called me up. He was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Nothing." It was summer, and uh, and he was just like, "I got a gig if you want. Meet me down here." And I went, and I thought it was kind of goofy at first, and then I like started smoking weed with the bosses on like day two. And I was like, all right, this is <laughs> yeah, cool. I, I, I can stick I can around here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, the giggly, giggly girls call. Yeah, so number, looking for a membership. So, yeah, uh, so they're kind of laughing or whatever. I figure out that there's two of them on the line, and basically it's like an auntie and her niece, and her niece is turning 18. So I think they're just like having a couple of drinks and having fun. Yeah. I didn't think they were going to come down to the spot, and they showed up at like five minutes to closing. Um, and yeah, and both the auntie and the niece were putting it on me pretty hard, but like, <laughs> I was just so weirded out by the situation. Like, and I was so young, you know, like, yeah. like if, if they caught me like at 30 with, with that, oh, yeah. <laughs> it would have been, been a different situation, right? Like, uh, but yeah, but yeah, so that was wild. <laughs> uh, number two. Was I almost had to fight a dude over what's called the stain fee, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did he stain? Like a, a video okay, tape? Okay, so here's the, here's the science, right? Here's the, here's the science. Is at you know day one of the shop, you know, boss man is like, okay, where you worked at before? I was like, Chicken Delight, McDonald's, and he's like, all right, all right, all that customer is right shit is not correct here these are Amen. filthy fucking dudes and you're dealing with them at their most vulnerable yeah like so like their most craven yeah yeah that's a good word craven. google craven yeah yeah, yeah. so so he's like do not give them an inch they'll take a mile no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> do not give them nine inches yeah uh, but but yeah so so the deal was well, uh, the power that we had was the power of shame, and <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and basically we wielded shame in, in the form of the stain fee. Now the stain fee was a thing where, um, first of all, it was for, on one level it was real and it needed to be real because if someone brings you back a tape with like lube or anything on it. You're fucked, right? Like, it's a hygienic thing at that yeah, point. Yeah, it, it, like, ruin, it ruins on. your whole day. <laughs> yeah. Those tapes are bonkers expensive. Like, they're like $100 a tape. Yeah, yeah. porn was yeah. not cheap. Yeah, it no. was crazy. The internet, the, yeah, the yeah, internet made shit easy for y'all. Yeah, so, so it's like, yeah, if someone, if someone had a fingerprinted up tape while you were grumbling and trying to clean that shit, you could go to his account and charge a stain fee. And the stain fee could be anything from 50 cents 
to 20 bucks. Like it was on you. <laughs> it was up to you. You could wield that power, right? How mad are you but, about this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but you could also use it to shame someone for being an asshole, even if they didn't have a stain on anything. Yeah, it's, right? like the, it's like the... It's like the... dirty, dirty people. Yeah, exactly. It's like Be they Kind Rewind, but mm-hmm. a whole nother level. Exactly. Anyways, there was this dude... Uh, to this day, I remember him. I've seen him at the mall a couple of times. Uh, but this dude comes in. <laughs> but this dude comes in, and one of the tapes has like melted candy on it. And it was wow. like, fuck you, dude. Shit is that? Yeah, so we hit him with the, we hit him with the major stain fee, and he was major ready. Stain. He was ready. The 20, to, the $20? 20 the major bucks, stain yeah. fee. He was ready to knuckle up. And I'm, and I'm like, what, man? You know, like customers had to step in. That was number two. <laughs> but number, number one. Two. All right, number, number one. Holy Okay. Fuck. Now now this is the one, right? Do you is there a time limit on this? No, thing? no, no, no. We're no, going. No, 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 no. Don't worry. I'm you know what? I, to be honest, when you came in here drinking tea, refusing my <laughs> beer, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what kind this? of podcast like, is I know you, you changed your name and shit, but you changed, <laughs> you changed your spirit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh okay, so number one um was a a, a person named Sluggo Machine. Okay. Fed <laughs> <laughs> almost spit beer all over the board. Yeah. Okay. So Sluggo Machine. Yeah, all right. Sluggo Machine was his name. So uh, I'm a couple days into the to the job. One of the bosses comes in and he's like, "Have you met the Sluggo Machine yet?" And I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And right? he's not a rapper. Yeah, yeah. He, this is before that man. That'd be a dope name. So, so yeah. Have you met the Slugger Machine? What the fuck? Um, and he's like, okay, he's this guy. He used to work at the shop. He's a friend of the shop. Um, but under no circumstances do you give him a break on late fees. And he's gonna try to get deals out of you. He's gonna try to like give you some weed, you know, like for a rental. They're like, don't <laughs> give him any tapes. We'll never see them again. It's like, it's a, they're like he's bad news, you know, like. But he's a friend of the shop, but he's bad news. And I'm like, all right, all right. All right. So, yeah, a couple of days later, I'm in the shop. This dude comes in, just like a really bizarre looking dude, man. Like, kind of looked a little like Nicolas Cage. Oh, no. Uh, but with, like, a 16-year-old mustache, like a wispy mustache. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. But he's, like... Bad skin. Yeah, he's got, like, his... He's got his bike over his shoulder, busted-up bike. He's got a back... You know, a really, really well-worn backpack. Sweatpants. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. So, he comes in. He kind of looks around for a little while. And then, like, over his shoulder, um, he's, like, looking at a tape, but he's talking to me. So he's got his back to me, and he's like, so are you the uh, the rapper guy? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm the rapper, I'm the rapper. And like he turns on his heel and comes over, and he's like, I'm the sluggo machine. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. Everything clued in. Yeah, yeah okay. You're like, here we go. I'm like, I got to be vigilant. Yeah, yeah. I do not give this guy any free pornography, right? Like, so, so I'm like, oh, sluggo machine, yeah, right on, man, right on. And he's like, so are you cool? And I'm like, That's what he said yeah, to you? yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just like dazed. I'm like, what, what? You know? Yeah, and he's like, weed. yeah. He's like, do you want to smoke some fucking weed? And there was bongs in the bathroom of the shop. Yeah. Like, yo, there the was bongs bathroom. in the bathrooms of a lot of shops. Yeah, exactly. Pizza shops. I miss that shit. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck a wash your hands sign, man. <laughs> but still, wash your hands. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah. But anyways, so yeah, so he's like, are you cool? And we figure it all out, and so. 
we go in the back and we, we start smoking and he's like yeah you seem real cool man and i'm like man this guy's harmless right uh and he's like okay this is what's gonna happen he's like you're gonna stay in here for another two minutes oh the 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 the, the, the place is locked we put the back in five minutes sign up right <laughs> yeah so we go smoke some weed Whoa. he's like you're gonna hang out in here for two minutes he's like you're gonna hear things but they're not bad things. He's like, he's like, just give me a second, and I'll call you to come out. And I'm like, what? And, 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 Did you and, agree? Yeah, of course. I was so stoned. Right? You're so stoned, you're yeah, just like, I just, I'm kind of curious you? now. Are you what the 18 fuck is going? Working this way? Like, yeah, 17. Okay. Eight, I was 17 when I started, so 17. So, so, uh, so yeah, so I'm hearing like clanging and banging, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm super paranoid, but I'm still smoking and hurry. I'm going to take another hit. <laughs> Um, so then he's like, all right, come out. And I'm like, okay. So I come out and all down the length of the counter, it's just like weird items that he's like called from all over the shop. So there's like a McDonald's cup and like pencils and a knife. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. And, and, a and like a push broom and a pitchfork. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, what the Jesus fuck? Right? Uh, and he's like, all right. He's like, okay, have a seat. And so I sit down. And he's like, are you ready? And I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen. You're like, no, I'm yeah, not yeah. ready. So I'm like, all right, man. And he's like, okay, here we go. And he <laughs> launches into this routine where he takes all of the things on the counter and balances them all over his body. He's like a fucking vaudevillian performer <laughs> he's like the knife is like spinning on his thumbnail and he, but he's got what? these hilarious jokes he's like let me get right to the point you know and, he, yeah. and he's got like the knife spinning like, he's got a whole fucking routine, routine man and he and he was killing it right and it's like <laughs> and this whole time we're locked up right like like it's a half hour we're closed at this point and like and he just runs down the line and like the finale is the pitchfork like middle tine down on mm -hmm. his chin you know and and he's like all right stick a fork in me i'm done and i'm like holy <laughs> shit this guy's a genius wow. <laughs> and wow. uh and then i gave him some free porn and he left <laughs> there you go the sluggo the sluggo yeah, machine yeah i want to see a sitcom yo, i want to see a sitcom of you in the porn shop we haven't touched on this yo man wax museum oh word yeah yeah okay at all so I mean I'm just gonna say that word those those two words and then yeah that's let, probably let talk about them. that's probably the first that's probably where we Rob and I met probably yeah yeah that makes sense but yeah so wax museum for people that don't know super important um, in the I guess late 90s early 2000s it would have been uh, but yeah if you can believe this directly underneath the toad in the hole there was a record shop with just perpetually like six scuzzy rapper dudes smoking reefer in that weird little underground area there <laughs> yeah was it the cavern now now it's now it's the yeah it's it's where the extended part of the cavern is yeah okay. that that used to be it okay but um yeah i mean this dude rob tremblay opened it up and like you know he was a he was the first guy to legit sell vinyl it, I, everyone who sold vinyl before that was like just like setting up shop in someone's like t-shirt spot for a week and disappearing with everyone's money. You know what I mean? Like it was classic, win sketchy Winnipeg yeah, shit. Yeah, pop up shop and run. Yeah. But it quickly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it quickly became like the spot and it was, it was cool, man. Like every Saturday, you know, you could go down there and it was like, that's like the golden era of like freestyling and shit and like open mics and yeah, it was it was the spot. It was super important, man. When did it like? I remember you had this the basement of the bakery on Graham. Yeah, right. 
When, uh, well, no, not on Graham. The Portage one. In, yeah, the Portage. In, the oh, portage no. Portage. He, Wax Museum moved to that one briefly. Yeah. Briefly, right? Yeah. Before it burned out? Yeah. Or maybe... No, you know what? Brent Phillips, he's a house DJ, was running the vinyl for... I just remember going to that location all the time to get like graffiti shit. Yeah, I think that might have been Brent, Brent Phillips, but then when they moved to the Portage one that everybody kind of got familiar with, yeah. that it was, in the, it was there in the basement, then Rob had to leave it for other, like for professional reasons or something, and that's when I opened a vinylist with Urban Bakery. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, but... Uh, t- taking it back a little bit, I guess, or maybe let, let's expand on Wax Museum. Who's around? Who's kicking it around that time? Because you're saying there's six rappers in the basement. Like that, that was like kicking it. was so popular. Yeah, you know? like, like, like so popular. It was just yeah. The this, the scene was fucking huge in that era, yeah. man. Like yeah. that's like that's what I grew up like going to take flicks of the graph, going to those places. Even oh if yeah, I, gr- even if I didn't need anything, right there. even yeah. if I didn't need anything, I was just going there to be the like yeah. that was like my little like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I dip back on the bus. What what era is this like? Fuck, I don't know. I'm in high school. Yeah, okay. like I, I'm in like I'm in like grade nine or ten. Yeah, I think Museum would be ninety eight, maybe ninety seven, okay. late nineties, early two thousand, two thousand one or two, probably. Okay, back. yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. Uh, take, taking it back to Eat 'em Up uh, Records, Anthony Bueno, you were talking oh, about. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we got uh, And then we got sidetracked about the video the shop. Job. The yeah. adult video shop. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. you also just like dropped it like, hey, I used to work at a porn shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Sidetracked the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Eat 'em Up. Yeah, so uh, Bueno uh, was in a group called The Squareheads. Yeah. Uh, if you check them out on YouTube, they're fucking amazing. They're like one of the first releases from Eat 'em Up Records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's the label Anthony, unfortunately, passed away. And at a, at a fundraiser for his family, you know, I was the rap act, but Eat 'em Up was traditionally more punk stuff. And yeah. even now has moved almost kind of towards, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of country stuff. Okay. But uh, I played that show and we already, you know, were mutual friends, me and some of the Eat 'em Up crew. And uh, from there, it just became like through this friendship with Anthony and this connection between the punk and the rap scene. Yeah, uh, you know, it was an option for me to put records out with them moving forward. So, but, and so that's how you wound up there. Yeah, I, I did see a funny story about how it became Eat 'Em Up Records. It was apparently uh, Anthony Bueno's uncle tried to sneak into one of their shows. Okay, and he just said, "Yo, I'm a representative from Eat 'Em Up Records." Oh, there you go. And he snuck in the door, and then they were like, "Eat 'Em Up Records." All right, yeah. I like that. And I'm like, "Yo, that's hilarious." <laughs> yeah, man. that's dope. that's funny way to tie it all in. You know well, I mean? yeah, I mean, the the Bueno was like mad eccentric man like anthony used to walk around with a briefcase this is before like your your beats by dre pill you know like your bluetooth yeah, speaker yeah, yeah. Yeah. he just had a stereo in his briefcase <laughs> and like some oh. some throwing stars and like <laughs> and, some throwing stars. Yeah, and uh and like a bottle of like super harsh uh, rum straight from the philippines you know what i mean like he, wow. he, he was about it about it he was an eccentric <laughs> dude yeah he was a good guy to run into on the street you know yeah, i want to ask this and when rob comes back for his own we can do it again but when you and mccall did the record and we might have to bleep it out because it's 2019 the effing yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was were you grubs at that point right no it was rob crooks rob at that crooks? Time, yeah okay because i was going through like some shit in a box and i came across the case Okay, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was to that, but it was to uh, one of the Foul Tone releases. Yeah. And there was no CD in it, and I was like, fuck, man. I was really fucking bummed out. That's a good record. Oh, yeah. so good, man. Like, I was thinking, I was like, oh, this shit, this is it. This is it. I found it. I got it. Yeah, well, because me yeah. and Macau have, like, some songs with Cut Down, and, like, I was saying to Macau when we were, like, working on it, I was like, man, 
remember the effing fucking da 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 da? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, that's what I want. Like, I was like, I want like that. Like, can you can you explain to maybe folks listening who McCall is? Well, I guess the craziest, <laughs> the craziest motherfucker you ever will meet. Yeah. He's so like such a ill like the sickest rapper. Yeah, too, the like, sickest rapper. So, so unbelievable. Good. Like the way he uses his breath, like as like a yeah. method man, like like. I remember like sitting down working with him somewhere and the engineer didn't know him. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to cut these breaths out. And he's like, the fuck you will. (laughs) (laughs) It's part of the shit. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Fucking Ross dude, man. Like one take, like I was doing a record with him, cut down, would send a beat. And then he would just send me like a video. Yeah. Like a video of him, like rapping, like like, in front of it. I'm like, when are we going to record this? He's like, ah, man, I don't know. I got like 18 roofs to do, but maybe like in three months. (laughs) bro. But they, they, um, Foul Tone, what like, if you could like quick recap. The history of Foul Tone? Yeah, just like where did it come from, where did it go? I mean, uh, that was back in the day, be- even before I was really hanging out with Joe, I was like really tight with Cut Down and uh, Influence. And this dude from Regina, uh, Ira Lee, who was in a group Dead Camp Bounce with Def 3. Yep. And so he had, uh, Ira Lee had moved to... Uh, to Winnipeg and Gumshoe Strut too was involved. I think the first foul tone release was uh, Gumshoe Strut and Yai Turn the Gun. Okay. And um, yeah, and then we did uh, we did my record Grubs Plague City. Yep. And uh, then we did you know the Magnum Ki. We did a record with Joe. We did a record with Pipskid. And uh, it was going pretty good. I think we were building and building. And then uh, you know I think the the Magnum Ki record and then the Pipskid. Uh, uh, record in the Joel, we just got burned out. You know, we were just in the studio all the time, you know, and then personalities start to clash a little, and then you know it just petered out, unfortunately, because I think we had something going. But, Some of know. the best records that come out of the city, right? Like, yeah, I mean, at the time it felt like it. We Magnum were, Ki was like, bro, ahead of its time, and like, you know what I mean? Like a little bit in the yeah. sense of like, dude, it was like, I remember seeing you guys perform at the Pyramid, and I was like, like taken back by like because i was like oh shit mama curves like all these people like i was yeah. like on stage and i was like holy like this is like yeah well i mean when you have when you have uh is Myla and and cut down in the same group just doing what they do like yeah. it's fucking nuts like those guys are both like like top tier like talent like at what they do you know so mm-hmm. that was it was a really fun time you know it's it's yeah i miss those days i just saw the cdk so i went there you took yeah. it back there yeah fair enough there. i'm gonna bring it back to the new record uh shot and fraud I'm I'm probably sure, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but every time. It's Freud. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. I'm terrible go. at that. Hey. Uh, but that record, you guys working together, um, you, you speak a little bit about uh, dealing with alcohol and all that stuff. And now you're, you're talking a little bit more about how you're kind of cleaning up uh, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can, can you speak on that that transition? Because, I, I mean, it's a theme throughout your music. Yeah, yeah. For the most lots, part. Lots of drinking. <laughs> what's, that, what's, that, what's that one about you blacking out like why they call it a blackout when yeah, all i yeah. see is white yeah, like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's i mean yeah I'm, what's happening right now is uh is uh is i've kind of managed to put together a good streak of of keeping my drinking and my partying under control mm-hmm. uh this record is specifically like i'm, I'm really glad it's come out right now because it's like um i'm not the person that i am on the record anymore mm-hmm. so and, and it, it all my records if you listen to them like it's like a caption of a period of time right like yeah. and you can see if you listen to all of them like you can see the focus on on like partying like just it's just like all this other shit falls in the wayside at the start there was like politics and da 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 
-hmm. And towards the end, I was just like, I'm just trying to get a six pack, you know, like, yeah. So, but yeah, but over the last kind of eight months, I've made some changes and it's like, I'm not trying to be a person that like never drinks again, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm definitely like, I recognize that I need to like reduce the harm that I'm doing to my, not just to my body, but to people around me. Okay. So, um, so yeah, it's like, it feels good, but I also like, I kind of wouldn't change anything, you know, like so many, like I talk to people, it's funny, like I talk to people and I'll just be talking and shit and, uh, and you can see like wheels turning and, and then it's like, I didn't used to realize that these are like crazy stories of drunks and junkies, you know what I mean? And it's like, because if, if, if you're surrounded by drunks and junkies all the time, it's like all the stories are like that. Right. But once in a while you creep out into like square company and start like talking about some shit and realize like, Oh man, like not everybody. This This doesn't resonate with you. And you think I'm like crazy. That's exactly (laughs) it. Right. Like it's, and this isn't the norm. Yeah. You know, and, and like even coming from church, you know, I think plays a part in that because like, you know, I don't know if any of you have ever spent any time up north, listeners or, or, you know, fellas here, but it's like you get up north, it's a different way of living, you know, like it's hard living. Um, there was weird, like, com- it's, there's a weird competitiveness that comes from, from being a man in a in school in a town where there's only 900 people and only like 40 going to your school with you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's this weird uh kind of alpha tough guy shit uh which i've always like never fully embraced but you know kind of like danced along the edge of or whatever but i mean long story short you know i i put 20 years into just acting the fool you know what i mean and and uh i'm kind of taking a more measured approach to life right now you know and it feels pretty good like i you know i wasn't really talking about it and then today on social media i mentioned i went up to mention that I'm going to university in the yeah. fall, which was like not a thing that fucking I ever. Good for you, yeah, nice, man. Congrats, man. What are you uh, going back? To, what are you going back for? I'm I'm taking uh, uh, sociocultural anthropology. Wow, uh, that's a lot of big words. A lot of big words. <laughs> a lot of big words. Uh, but it's kind of like a thing we're participating in right now. You know, like a podcast yeah. with like local hip hop history. Like that's kind of the shit that I'm that I'm into learning about. You know, whether it's for this scene or like a scene halfway across the world or whatever telling the stories of the people type yeah you know and it's uh yeah it's uh yeah i think all of the music and all of the hard living can contribute to what i'm gonna do in school yeah Yeah, you know what i mean i'm i'm like i don't think i would have survived if i had i gone to university at age 20 i wouldn't wouldn't have made it you're right where you should be when you you know what i mean like and and you you're going into something that all of that's not going to be a negative it's going to be like you're your encyclopedia of like where you're going to go. Yeah, that's to ask exactly the questions it. you need to be answered and all that. Yeah, and then when I'm around those squares, it's like fuck you. Yeah, you're cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. now, you, get now I you get a little street cred out there no, too. For real. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've yeah. never yeah. been in a confrontation. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I can tell you some crazy. Like, I've been in a whole bunch one time. This dude in a porn shop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Balance the fork yeah, on his chin. A fucking pitchfork. Yeah, yeah, and I got scared. and I got my degree and what? <laughs> <Yeah>. right? like, <laughs> that's good for you, man. Like I, I kind of feel bad now about like busting your balls, but no, your not career. at all. Not I was like, all. man, you're different, bro. Yeah. That's <laughs> and yeah. I feel really bad. <laughs> you changed, man. Like, as you were saying that, I'm like, yeah. man, this is so good. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and here's the science, right? Like I'm I'm in no position to talk 
like I'm an expert or whatever, right? Like I'm, I'm fighting through this thing right now. I feel good about it right now. I hope I continue to hope to feel good about it, but it's like, um, like this past weekend, I went to watch my friend speak at, uh, at an AA thing. It was like a year in and I guess you go speak for three minutes or some shit after you get your trip. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, I, I looked around the room and it's like, I was really stoked to see all those people who like, apparently have changed their lives for the better it was a room like full of like very happy hopeful people which was like really cool to see but i also know that that's not my path you know like yeah um everything in moderation including moderation yeah yeah Yeah. that's exactly it right like um prior to you know my album we had my album release party the schadenfreude party yeah on my 40th birthday and um you know it's like i talk I, i got a good woman you know like i talked to her prior I wasn't even really planning on drinking I was thinking maybe I have a drink or two and it's like she's there with me we're making a plan um you know like to make sure that this thing doesn't like go off the rails and turn into you know back in the days that might a a birthday would like you know I could party for two days and it's a milestone you know what I mean mean, yeah like we out here yeah but it's like I had good controlled fun and I went home and shut her down and it's like Saturday night after UFC you know I'm on the couch at home I had a good day. I made dinner. I kicked it. It's like I had a beer and watched the fights, right? Grown like, man it, shit. Yeah, that's... Grown fucking man yeah, shit, that's, bro. Yeah, that's a place I kind of want to be at. The where, post you made about like the 40 thing today, I was yeah. like, it was weird because you don't really do that. You're yeah. Not like that that's dude. not that. No. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so like yeah. when I saw that, I was like, oh shit, there's a paragraph? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean... And you know, that's, on Facebook, you see a paragraph, you're like, fuck off. Yeah. But like, I was like, what? Well, and it's funny, right? Like, you, you know, my pop... You know, him and I, like, we like to have a few drinks together and shit. And once in a while, he'll get on his soapbox and he'll be like, man, you know, he's like, I wish people would remember the second A in Alcoholics Anonymous because, you know, so much of social media is people marking milestones and da-da-da-da-da. And, of course, then you end up with a lot of, like, kind of cheesy, maudlin, like, uh, motivational shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sober for the fashion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like... um, I don't want to, I, yeah, I'm not looking to become that person, but it's like, I feel comfortable enough in telling people, like, I'm pretty stoked about where I'm at and what's going to happen. Um, but also because, like, I, I lost, like, 30 pounds in the last little hey. while. And, <laughs> Are you sick? And then, and no, no, but I've been going hard with the workouts. But, um, but I saw, I don't know if you ever noticed this, like, when older people lose weight in a short period of time, it they doesn't look necessarily older. look healthy. They, they look older. older. Yeah. So I saw my old yeah. ass face and I was like, damn, but, but, you know, so well, I'm not ri- old. You're well seasoned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but what I saw, so I, I originally was just going to like talk about, about seeing this age in my face. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I got some good shit going on, man. Yeah. Celebrate going, that. Yeah. Instead. Yeah. yeah, so it's like I just put it out there, you know. Yo, Fucking oh, cheers yeah. with your tea there, bud. Yeah, right on. <laughs> cheers, cheers, Take cheers. A tea. Absolutely. We were doing a video shoot at Club OV last week. And, oh, you young and heart I, for and, real. And I, and, uh, <laughs> OV doing damn. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I turned down free booze in a closed bar for the first time in probably <laughs> ever. Wow. I should have cheers yeah. you then. I should have yeah. said my cheers. That's the real victory. That's the real that's victory. The real victory. I was like, yeah. fuck market, You dude. turned down the real <laughs> Winnipeg rapper currency yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not getting paid yeah. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, man. On that note, thank you for coming out. Thank you for sharing your story with us. No sweat. Definitely go awesome. check out the back yeah, catalog. Yeah, where's, 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 where, where are they finding this? What's going on? Okay. Hard copies. I see you got the tapes. You got What's the tapes? On? Yeah, yeah, if you plug if it. you want a tape, go to the eat the, the eat em up shop, which is on Sherbrooke. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much longer it's going to be open. I think they're having an issue with their venue yeah. uh, or their space, but um, but there are tapes available there. If not, you can go to the Eat 'em Up Bandcamp. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you can pick it up there. Um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Bazooka Joe two hundred four. Solid Twitter account, by the way. Yeah. 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 Twitter, Rob Crooks. Instagram, Rob Crooks. Whatever else, Rob Crooks. Perfect. Just do your Googles. Synchronicity. Yeah. You know what I mean? At this he's, point, it's like he's Google. Google he's Googleable now. It, you know, if I don't show up, just put rap yeah. behind it. <laughs> By the way, speaking of names, right? For years, this dude, I only know him as Grubs. And then I hear his name is Rob Crooks. So his his right, real his name. Real name That's is your real Rob name? Crooks. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. I, and he I wasn't rapping on it. Yes. I didn't realize that was your real name. I thought it was just a rap name. Are you kidding me? I met him as a battle rapper named Rob Crooks. And then someone's like, someone was like, yo, Rob. And I'm like, oh, Rob's his real name. He's like, no, his real name is Rob Crooks. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, you already won. <laughs> like, form for this. Yeah. What, well, <laughs> when I came out and I was like a young dude, I didn't want to like, Rob Crooks kind of sounds like gangster or some shit. And I was like the furthest thing from that. So I was just like, ah, you know. <laughs> I gotta go by a rap name, I guess. But <laughs> it, it, I need a pseudonym at this point. Of yeah, every exactly. other rap like origin story. Like, my name is too, too gangsta. hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> too hard. So yeah. at first, I went with robbed by crooks. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yo, man, thank you guys for coming out, man. It's always a pleasure. Yo, Joe, I want to say that you got that that what you just like ended it on. That's fucking awesome, and fucking uh, yeah, it's cool to be fucking cool. Yeah, man. Cool babies. We out. Peace. All right, peace. Peace. peace.